there. You are listening to IWG Radio, the place to be for all of your wellness needs. Hosted by functional medicine physician, Dr. Nicole Rivera and functional medicine nutritionist, Brooke Scheller. We just want to take a moment to thank you so much for listening and just let you know that any of the information that is provided is strictly for an educational resource and is not intended to diagnose or treat any conditions. The lifestyle interventions discussed should not be used as a substitute for any type of conventional medical therapy. Hey there, welcome back to another episode of Integrative Wellness Radio. You are listening to Brooke Scheller, the functional medicine nutritionist, and Dr. Nicole Rivera, the functional medicine physician at Integrative Wellness Group. And today we're going to be talking to you a little bit about some of the myths about candida and the candida diet. And I think this becomes a pretty hot topic when we start doing some research online. There's definitely a lot of information out there. And it can be easy to get wrapped up in some of, um, you know, the different types of diets or maybe different types of supplements. And I think one of the biggest things that we see in our practice is really understanding more about is candida existing? Is that what's really causing the problems? And really the best ways to go about treating that. So one of the really interesting things is that candida, some of the symptoms that can be associated with candida are actually symptoms that can be associated with a lot of different things. So things like digestive problems or skin manifestations, brain fog, these can absolutely be due to candida, but it might be some type of bacterial infection. It might be some type of immune uh, virus or, or something like that. So definitely is important to take a look at some of the other areas as well. So um, candida. So why don't you tell us, Dr. Nicole, a little bit about exactly what candida is? Yeah, so candida is something that is considered a yeast. Um, this is a yeast that definitely can be normal within the human digestive tract. It really becomes more problematic when it becomes overabundant. So the interesting thing about yeast in the gastrointestinal system is it can definitely be fed by consuming too many carbohydrates and sugars. And unfortunately, nowadays, there is sugar in everything that we consume, even if we know it or we don't. So with candida, it being a yeast, again, it's something that can definitely be fed by sugars and carbs, and it can definitely become overgrown uh, based off of your dietary habits. Yeah, and with that being said, I mean, obviously we're talking about the gastrointestinal system being affected, but let's talk more about some of the other areas of the body that can really be affected too. So symptomatically, when you're dealing with something like candida, the list can be really, really big, which is why a lot of people go online, technically research, candida comes up, and they look at that long list of symptoms and they go, oh my gosh, that's me. Um, but with that being said, you know, more so in the gastrointestinal world, you might have bloating, especially upon eating carbohydrates and sugars. You might not be tolerating things like pastas and breads very well. They might be irritating you, again, creating some bloating, maybe even some gas. Uh, you can also have a lot of manifestations more so uh, related to the brain. So everything from changes in your mood, depression, anxiety, you can definitely be experiencing brain fog. Uh, you can also be experiencing a lot of inflammation. And the reason why that could happen is because if the yeast is abundant for a long period of time, it can definitely start to escape from the gut getting into the bloodstream. And that's due to something called leaky gut. 
And from there, if the yeast does get into the bloodstream, your immune system does start having a reaction to it. And that creates a whole cascade of inflammation, which can then, of course, lead to achy joints, stiffness, but it also can start to create other manifestations such as high blood pressure, high cholesterol, headaches, migraines, etc. Uh, well, and even contribute to autoimmune conditions as well. So I think that that's important to note, especially if you're someone listening that has been diagnosed, that might be something that could be coexisting along with the autoimmune condition. And I like that you mentioned um, some of those brain fog and um, inflammation in the brain and things like that, because I always like to refer to it as like a gluten hangover. So you <laughs> maybe have pizza one night for dinner and you wake up the next day and you feel like you maybe drank alcohol, you kind of feel yucky, your brain's you know, a little funny, you might not be able to think real clearly or your memory's no good. Um, and so it can definitely be uh, plaguing a lot of people out there. So let's talk a little bit about the candida diet because I think that this is where it gets a little controversial. There's a lot of information online. There's a lot of big sites that will come up when you type in Google um, and you'll see maybe some conflicting information. And, and it's very confusing to people out there that are especially are thinking that they're suffering from this. So let's try to clear up some of that confusion. Yeah, so the candida diet can definitely be overwhelming to someone who is reading about it because the candida diet is on the premise of starving the yeast. So like we established earlier, the yeast is fed by sugars and carbs. So primarily what the candida diet is, is doing is it's going to remove all of the carbohydrates and sugars from your diet to then starve your yeast and not cause it to overgrow, but also to kill off whatever yeast is already present. So they do usually mention that you might have some die-off symptoms from starving the yeast. So if you don't feel well or you're feeling kind of fatigued or lethargic, it's kind of part of that process. But the thing is, is yeast is really smart and it actually learns how to adapt within the human body and it actually learns how to protect itself from your immune system. And I think that that is something that is not really well addressed through the traditional methods of the candida diet. So with that being said, you know, you can go into this mode of, of starving the yeast so that it can die off. But at the end of the day, if something called a biofilm has been created, which the biofilm is kind of, I call it the sticky saran wrap layer. And this sticky saran wrap layer is something that the yeast can actually produce in order to protect itself from the immune system. So if that is something that has been established within your gastrointestinal system, then you can pretty much starve your yeast all you want and feel pretty terrible in the process, but you're not gonna be successful with getting rid of the yeast completely. So these are people that maybe go through a period of time of, okay, I started the candida diet, I feel pretty good. All right, I'm starting to not feel so good. Boom, I hit a plateau. And really what needs to be addressed is, is candida, first of all, your only problem here? Is there parasites, is there bacteria also in the mix? But also, do you have this biofilm which is somewhat protecting the yeast? So those are some really, really important things to establish. But I think this is really the most important thing to consider when you're doing something like the candida diet is the more and more research they have done on candida yeast, and, and really not just candida, but various types of yeast, they're actually finding that 
the yeast is very adaptable. So if you go into this mode of starvation, literally no sugars and carbs, like you're not even eating carrots because they, ha they have sugar in them. If you're going into that mode of full on starving yourself of those sugars and carbs, your body goes into something called ketosis. So your body is actually making something called ketones. So what they have actually found in the new research is that the candida learns how to live off of the ketones. So you go into this super, super, super restricted diet, you know, practically torturing yourself, and then the yeast actually learns how to defeat you. It actually starts to feed off of the ketones, which are being produced by you going into this very, very low carbohydrate state. Yeah, and you mentioned it being so difficult, and I think that that's one of the, the most challenging things with it is, People come into us maybe after trying a candida diet for two years and they feel really, really defeated because they've been struggling and really, really cutting back and trying to keep out all the sugars and yet they're still having this problem. But I think going back to some of the other things that you mentioned is sometimes it doesn't exist alone. Mm -hmm. And so I want you to tell a little bit more um, about things like parasites and bacteria because we often see them coexisting. Definitely. Um, I would say if you are someone who's relating to some of these symptoms or even if you go and check out Candida online and you're like, oh, my God, that's totally me. Um, and if you then say, you know, I think that this has been me for the past 10, 15 years, because at the end of the day, most of us have consumed a lot of carbs and sugars as kids. So it's very probable that, you know, if you're in your 20s, 30s, 40s, that you could potentially have had yeast overgrowth in your gut for a very long time. So long-standing yeast overgrowth can definitely be living side by side with parasites. It's a very, very, very common co-infection. So something along the lines of parasites you're not only gonna experience maybe the bloating that you would from just having yeast, but you also might have loose bowel movements if you say, eat the wrong thing, or just even having intermittent loose bowel movements throughout the month, you also might find yourself being on a little bit of a roller coaster ride with your moods through the month as well, because those are very common side effects of having parasites within the gut. On the flip side of the bacteria, bacteria is definitely very interesting because bacteria can actually live off of a lot of foods classified as prebiotics. So we say beans and a lot of people automatically think, oh, the fart food. <laughs> and the interesting thing about beans is beans are technically a prebiotic. So what they do is they feed the good bacteria, aka the probiotics in your gut. So if you also have bad bacteria in your gut, then the beans will also feed that as well. So if you find yourself eating something like beans or even white potatoes, lentils, and you're getting gassy, and especially if your gas has odor to it, that is very indicative of a bacterial overgrowth as well. So beans are not supposed to be the fart food is the moral of the story um it's really just if you have bacterial overgrowth in your gut you're going to have those types of symptoms so those are some really key things to keep in mind when you're really trying to figure out from a symptomatic standpoint you know is there something else going on in my gastrointestinal system and obviously you really want to back all of this up with testing you don't want to be guessing and and trying all of these different types of diets 
And then obviously, you know, being months in and feeling like, oh my gosh, I, you know, everything I did, I don't even think it worked. So doing something like a stool sample is really useful and you can usually do that through, you know, uh, an alternative physician, a functional medicine physician. Some medical doctors will also be on board with recommending it as well, but um, it gives you a lot of useful information. Yeah, and one of my favorite things about the stool analysis, as nerdy as this sounds, is it will actually tell us when we culture certain strains of yeast or bacteria exactly which uh, natural agents will be most effective in eliminating it. So it not only tells us what is there, but it also gives us a little treatment. bit of a, a treatment protocol as well and how we can best treat it. Definitely. Um, but so I like how you mentioned the beans, beans, <laughs> you're good for your heart, little cute little songs. I remember that growing up, but it's funny because it becomes so common and so um, what seemingly natural, you know, mm -hmm. everybody's having this issue, but it really comes down to maybe some underlying issues. So we mentioned the candida diet and how maybe it's not the best, but what would be the recommendations going forward for your best treatment idea? So really what it comes down to for, for really having the most effective way of approaching something like candida is um, try the diet first, which I'll discuss, but then if you do feel like you're a couple weeks in and you have hit a plateau, you really need to consider the possibility that you've had yeast for so long that that biofilm, again, the, that sticky saran wrap layer might be there and that might be preventing you from getting rid of the yeast completely. So with that being said, there are very specific supplements that you can utilize that will help you to break down the biofilm, but also break down the yeast as well and get that all out of your system. So uh, biofilms, the most useful way to break that down is using enzyme therapy. And then also uh, something like a grapefruit seed extract is really, really useful for helping to be an anti-yeast agent. So kind of two really important things to keep in the back of your mind because if you truly feel like you have candida, you have all the telltale symptoms, yes, diet is very important, but if you take the right supplements, it will speed up the process tremendously. So with that being said, dietary wise, we established that if you go completely sugar-free, completely carb-free, that you potentially could feed the yeast. So you want to have a balance. You want to make sure that you are cutting down on the inflammatory foods and the processed sugars, the refined sugars, but you wanna have some healthy carbohydrates and healthy sugars in the mix. So sticking with something along the lines of an autoimmune paleo diet can actually be really, really useful. So you're eliminating out beans, you're eliminating out legumes, so beans and peanuts technically fall under that category. You're eliminating out grains. So even, you know, your pastas, your breads, which are more refined, but you're even cutting out the quinoas and the brown rice and the lentils. You're cutting those things out. But your carbohydrate alternative can turn into more of sweet potatoes, rutabaga, yams, more of these really healthy starches. So creating some, you know, alternatives when it comes to carbohydrates and starches. So also cutting out the sugars, um, especially your processed white refined sugars, but sticking with maybe tops two servings of fruit per day instead of you know doing an excess of fruit. So technically one serving of fruit would be like one orange or one banana. 
um, or a cup of cut up fruit or berries. So sticking with, you know, keeping your fruit in moderation and then obviously considering the sugars that might be in bars that you're eating, shakes that you're drinking. You really, really want to keep your sugar intake really, really low. And if you're having any sugars at all, it should be coming from a fruit source. Again, keeping that also low. And it also can be coming from something like a sweet potato or a yam. So you can reference the Eat For Your Gut cookbook. This is something available on our website. It's also available on Amazon. And these are going to be 100 recipes of foods that are gonna be appropriate for healing your gastrointestinal system, but also making sure that you're not feeding the yeast and you're having a very, very good balance of these sugars and carbohydrates, and you're keeping out the ones that are technically inflammatory. Yeah, and as always, we like to offer a 15-minute strategy phone call with anybody who wants a little bit more information on how we can kind of guide you a little bit of, you know, what we do in our practice and taking into consideration some of your specific symptoms. Um, and also, we would be really happy if you would give us a rating and a review and subscribe to us on iTunes, and we'll talk to you soon. And just remember, it's not you, it's your yeast. <laughs>